I think we're good. So to all of our viewers, hey everyone, this is Feral, and this is a Feralism video coming at you. And today's guest stars, I will let them introduce themselves. Hi, I'm Rachel. I'm Katie. And so Rachel, Katie, would you like to tell the viewers where you guys are from and what you guys do and a little bit about yourself? Um, so Rachel and I are both from Minnesota, but um, I currently live in California and she's out in Australia and we have a podcast called Help a Girl Out that we started um, a little earlier this year and it's kind of just focused on sharing our stories, experiences, and advice and then we also ask for some in return. Yeah, so we just use that kind of as a platform to kind of share relatable stories about things that go on in our lives and also give advice and just kind of talk about things that we think are actually important, uh, like mental health, friendship, being in a healthy relationship, all those sorts of things. So at the end of the day, we just want to help a girl or guy out. <laughs> that's, that's very cool, too. And when I saw your guy's name on Instagram, I was like, that's a very nice spit on things because, you know, I have to say, and maybe this is just the guy perspective of me, is over the years, I always hear the expression, help a brother out. I've never heard help a girl out as much. And to see a podcast name that and to see an Instagram page name that, more power to you guys for getting that out there. Because again, like I said, I don't hear it as enough as I would like to hear it. And I think that's important. And I think just helping people is really important. That's what I strive to do. And that's why I do these videos and I write my quotes is that it's very important that number one, you always have to remember where you're coming from. And so, you know, you don't, my boss actually said this to me a while ago. It was like, you don't go through, uh, whether it's, you know, good things in your life or, you know, challenges, you don't go through them just for the experience of you guys, you, you know, you being a person as, you know, going through it. You're also going through it so that one day you're going to be sitting across the chair from someone and you're going to have to give them advice on something you went through. And that's, that's, a, it's a dual meaning right there. Yeah. And, and we just feel like we've, we've had some awkward moments. <laughs> we have had some challenges and stuff, but uh, we just feel like there's a lot of pressure that people live under to live up to these totally unrealistic expectations and to be fine all the time and to be, you know, looking their best all the time. And, and we just kind of want to change that and be really approachable and also be really real. So we're not trying to act like we're the best podcasters in the world and that we know everything or that... Um, you know, we have the best advice in the world. We're just trying to be relatable and share stories that actually did happen to us. <laughs> and also just talk about things that um, we've gone through that sometimes we remember feeling kind of alone in that situation or like we wish people were talking about it more realistically. So um, yeah, so we just kind of want to be there to help people no matter what they're going through. And also just in general, like Obviously, we're very approachable um, on Instagram, <laughs> and we just want people to come to us if they have any questions or they're just like, you know, can you share this? Anything like that, we're always happy to help. It's in our name, after all, which it took us a little while to come up with that name. We kind of bounced a bunch of mm -hmm. ideas off of each other, and none of them were really quite sticking. And then Katie said, help a girl out, and then it was just like, yes, that's the winner. That's really, that's really awesome as well. 
And, you know, it's important to really remember that it's okay. You know, everybody wants to put on a happy face, which is great. You know, you always want to be happy and be positive. But to really be authentic and genuine, you want to also just, it's okay to not always be happy. It's okay to cry when you want to cry. It's okay to say, hey, I'm going through something. Or, hey, it's okay to ask for help. Hence, you know, why you guys started your podcast. And I'm going to remember that. If I'm ever in your neck of the woods and I see you guys on the highway or I see you guys walking and my tire pops or I need any directions, I'm like, hey, remember you said, you know, help me out. <laughs> I could just imagine us trying to change a tire on the side of the road. You don't want a pretty picture. <laughs> but it's okay. We could figure it out somehow, I'm sure. Sure. It's a thought that counts. But um, no, I, I really admire that. Uh, Katie, is there anything you want to add to that? I didn't mean to jump in and cut you off right after Rachel. Um, no, I think I like Rachel kind of said it well. Cool, perfect. Yeah, so I, I am curious. I get the premise and your, your meaning behind why you started it. Um, so did you guys already know each other when you started it or how did you guys meet? Yeah, okay, so Rachel and I, we um, worked at a summer camp together as ca uh, camp counselors uh, in 2015. So we were both 19, it was after our freshman year of college, and um, we got paired up in a cabin together and had to live with each other for a week and take care of 10 little kids. And um, it, w it was really funny because I think we both went into it having like wanted to be partners with other people and then being forced with each other, we're just like, wow, like, I love you. You're so funny. And then like the next week when we weren't together, I remember being sad the whole week and like, oh, I wish I was with Rachel still. And then we were just kind of inseparable and have been um, good friends since, but like we have gone like over a year without seeing each other before, but we just keep in like really close contact and make sure that we're texting and checking in. Yeah, yeah, it was hard, fun back in the day at camp. That kind of set the foundation for us. Because I think if you can work well with, with someone, like you can work well together, uh, I think that is a good sign that your friendship can last. And I think a lot of people meet really good friends at work, but especially in a, ca a camp environment where you're working 24-7 for very low pay and it's kind of just like, here I am. <laughs> um, camp was really fun and it, it kind of laid the foundation. Um, we knew that we could get along in challenging circumstances and stuff. So then the rest of the friendship has been really easy in comparison. Yeah, no, it definitely helps when you're starting something with someone you know, especially someone that you're really close with. I know I, I can relate to you guys. I have some friends like that and you know, we, uh, we really make it together. And my friend is actually a camp counselor too. So he's oh. like, yeah. yeah, camp was camp was great. We we sometimes miss it and then we're like, oh, so glad that those days are over. But there were some pretty funny memories. But Katie was always really uh, enthusiastic about certain camp activities that I wasn't really that enthusiastic <laughs> about. Um, mainly uh, camp counselor tag where they would tag the counselors and then throw them in the lake. I was like, I'm not doing that. It's right before bed. I'm going to hide in the woods. And Katie was like, tag me. And then, um, we had, uh, one of our cabins one week, Katie insisted that we all learn the Napoleon dynamite dance. And I was so bad at it. And I couldn't, I was so tired. I was like a zombie just like trying to do this dance. And it was, 
so bad because like I couldn't I couldn't get it together, but it's okay. Well, the reason for it was that you had to do something as like a cabin in front of like the whole camp. And I was like, yeah, we're going to we're going to do the Napoleon Dynamite dance. And I loved you for doing that, Rachel. Yeah, it was it was it was a cute look right there. The Napoleon Dynamite dance. I was under control. <laughs> And hey, if you guys want some Napoleon, I'm sure if you guys got hungry afterwards, you probably had some tater tots in your pockets, right? Yeah, yeah, we had the tots, the the good camp cuisine. No, honestly, like if you want to lose weight, you should work at a summer camp because the food is so gross, you'll starve yourself for three months. Yeah, it was disturbing beyond belief. <laughs> really? Yeah, it was so bad. Yeah, they did like, like um, mac and cheese with meatballs. Do you remember that, Rachel, every Sunday? Yeah, and I can't eat cheese. And also, it's <laughs> three meatballs. So I was like, okay, I guess I'll have a leaf from the tree. <laughs> it'll be fine. The maple leaf. <laughs> it's, it's not like that bad, but if, if you have certain dietary preferences or requirements, it can be very challenging because they don't really cater to that. So it's kind of like, here's one meal, eat what you can of it, and if it it yeah so i had a hidden tub of snacks and i defied orders to eat the snacks even though you weren't supposed to whatever i was gonna die there so i had my snacks you had your ration kit you're like i got this little stash of snacks so that i can survive yeah i was like a raccoon i just had the 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 tote of the snacks all the chocolate the the goldfish chips best snacks and we would have to be really careful with the wrappers because if we like gotten found out we would have been in trouble so we would even be like super sneaky with like when we would go throw it away and we had to make sure it wasn't in front of any of the kids so it'd be like one of us distracting all the children so that Rachel can have a snack. <laughs> but one of the all-time highlights and this is how I knew that Katie was a real one that she was a really good friend was it was toward the end of the summer so I think as the, as the summer kind of goes on, it gets a little more casual. I don't know, just in terms of like the stuff that maybe you would do, you know, in the final weeks, you wouldn't necessarily do in your like first two weeks of working at camp. But Katie, um, one of our friends had to go out to get a uh, prescription. So normally you couldn't leave camp during the week, like you had to stay at camp. But one of her friends had to go out to pick something up and Katie went with and I stayed in our cabin uh, with the kids and I got them all to sleep and stuff. And Katie came back in, in the middle of the night with a piping hot piece of Domino's pizza. And she just like woke me up and just kind of shoved the pizza in my mouth. And then I kind of just woke up and was like a zombie eating this pizza. And it was so good because I was so hungry. And she really came in clutch with the Domino's, but we had to obviously keep it away from the children so that they didn't know what was going down. It was so funny because she was like dead asleep. <laughs> I kind of like um, just kind of push her a little bit and then she like sits up and I'm like, hi Rach, like I got, I brought you some pizza back. And she's like got her sleeping mask still on her eyes. And she sits up and she grabs a piece and she's like just dead asleep eating this pizza and I'm like, okay, I'm glad you're liking it. It was phenomenal. I remember that. Sounds like an episode from like a moment from Breaking Draft. It does kind of.
And the thing was too, we were in the haunted cabin that week. So I didn't necessarily want to wake her up because like she's going to wake up at three in the morning anyways from the pounding of the ghost. Yeah, the the little haunted cabin. That was a bit sketchy. I was kind of glad. We used to do a weekly camp. What was it called? Like camp out where we would go and camp in the woods actually. Yeah. And that was a good week because we got out of the haunted cabin. But then I left my sleeping mask to fend for itself in the haunted cabin. So it was a problem. But that was also how I knew Katie was a good friend is because at that time I was really obsessed with the sleeping mask and I couldn't sleep without it. And Katie... I was distraught that I had left my sleeping mask and Katie tied a sweatshirt around my head to make a makeshift mask for me. (laughs) You were really obsessed with face masks before. I was and I also hate losing things and I if I leave something behind like I have to know yes okay I did leave it there it's okay like I'll go back to it and I didn't know if I had dropped my sleeping mask in the middle of the woods if like a raccoon had come and scooped it up and was wearing it. I did not know. So I had to find out what happened to my sleeping mask. But it's all okay. And now I'm proud to say that I no longer need a sleeping mask. I have matured. So it's fine. Well, that's good to know because it's good thing you don't need one going over your eyes because now everybody's got one wearing on the, on the bottom mask going out. I know. Can you imagine if you were doubled up on masks? Oh, that would be dangerous. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> I know, like... Right now, when I have to wear, like, glasses on the computer because I got these, like, blue light glasses or I just want to wear sunglasses, I have to tilt my mask down a little bit. Otherwise, I'm going to need windshield wipers on my glasses. I know. Mine gets so foggy, but I I want to get contacts because I've only had glasses for a couple years now. And I asked if I could get contacts, and apparently you have to take a class to get contacts. Like, you go into the eye doctor, and they have to do, oh. like a little lesson and in California right now they're not allowed to give the training for how to put contacts in so I can't get contacts and I'm so upset. I feel like that's a large segment of the population missing out on getting contacts. <laughs> honest I know right and honestly it's like I don't know if you have this problem Farrell but it hurts if I take my glasses off like even if I'm in the store and otherwise you know they get all like fogged up so I have to like either have my mask like under my nose, which is not technically how you're supposed to wear it, or I have to take my glasses off and then I get a headache and I can't see where I'm trying to go. And it's, it's an ordeal. So if they could please even just do like a Zoom training of how to put the contacts in, I think I can figure it out. Okay. That would be an idea. But speaking of which, so because you just were talking about California and everything. So I'm curious where you guys are now. Is that where you guys are from or so what brought you guys into the regions that you are now and you know like was it work or school um for me it was work um uh this is my third year living and working in california so um probably my last but yeah that's what took me out of minnesota and for me, I graduated high school in Minnesota, and then I went to Arizona State University for college, so I lived in Arizona. And then during that time, I studied abroad in Sydney, Australia, um, and I met my now fiance. So we were long distance for a while, and then I came back out to Melbourne, Australia to spend a few months with him after I graduated from college and 
a few months turned into three years. So <laughs> that's great. Um, so I normally kind of go back and forth between uh, Australia and Minnesota. So I normally travel three to four times a year um, and do the trip. And I love it. Obviously, Corona has gotten in the way of that. But normally, uh, yes, I am now based in Australia, I guess. But I, I don't think of, I still think of Minnesota as my home and I think I always will because that's where my family is so I definitely still would call myself like a Minnesotan and I have you know all my stuff there and everything so um, it's still very important to me. Very cool no, that's good to know. you know Australia is one of the places on my list to come visit it's definitely an interesting and fun place from what I'm told. Oh yeah just ask Katie she came twice in the span of like five months because she loved it every time i cry at the airport when i have to say goodbye to her and when you go feral you're gonna have to go on a wine tour we're gonna actually you need to get this planned out for as soon as traveling is allowed again and we'll we'll show you the best time oh we've got some fun in store in in australia katie made me do a a snooba which is like this crazy version of snorkeling and scuba where you like go under the surface but your air tank is at the top and I had barely survived snorkeling before and then we just got thrown in the deep end and did this snooba and it was so fun because you just swam under the water for like 40 minutes with all the fish and they were just like circling you it was amazing yeah. uh, but you didn't have to do all the heavy training of like a, a scuba diving course yeah. Um, so and that was go, really, that was honestly probably one of the highlights of my life was just like being under the water and being like, what on earth is happening right now? That was really fun. And it was a very, uh, good look with the alien wetsuit. And you can like go back up to the surface whenever you want. It's not like scuba diving where you have to like really time like the pressure and all of that. So it's nice because someone accidentally kicked my mouthpiece out. <laughs> And it, I was like on the ocean floor at the time and I was freaking out. And all I had to do was like pump it out and then put it back in. But I was so scared. I like swam up to the top and they have weights on you to like hold you down. So I'm like fighting against it. But um, I think scuba diving, I totally get why they have the lessons for it. Because even just snuba was kind of scary, super yeah. amazing and fun, but like kind of scary. So if I was going to do something hardcore like scuba, I would want to be properly trained in it. Yeah, I feel like we're scuba experts now, though, and we could pretty much handle this anywhere. But it's really, really, really fun. There's And there's so much to see in Australia. I mean, there's so much to see everywhere, though. I'm a firm believer in, like, never saying no to traveling to a place just because you've been there before. I, A, think that's really pretentious to be like, oh, I've already been there. I don't want to go there. Um, I can see why you want to go to other new places before you go back to somewhere else that you've been. But if you have an opportunity to go somewhere, I feel like you should take it because it's always a different experience. Even if you're just going out to your favorite restaurant in your hometown, it's always going to be a slightly different experience than the time that you had before, depending on what day it is, what you eat, who you're with, you know, all of that. So I just think that um, whenever you have an opportunity to do something like that, you should take advantage of it, which is something that Katie does all the time, which I uh, admire about her because she's always down for any sort of adventure. That's uh, very admirable. And that's how I kind of live my life. I know right now, obviously, no one's really traveling too much with COVID. But even before that, 
haven't traveled as much as I would like to, and my I just in a transition different positions at my organization, so I definitely want to be able to travel more and just explore. I'm a very even if I I can't find anybody to go with, like let me just go for it. Even if something small like you're saying, Rachel, or you know whatever, I just I, I'm I'm always down for everything, and I'm trying to really broaden my horizon. Yeah, I think it's important to just try new things and go to new places. And that was something that I've done a lot of in the past few years, which is amazing. And I'm really blessed to have done that because growing up, um, I didn't have as much of an opportunity to do all of that. So as soon as I kind of got that chance, I really kind of went for it. And I think if you work hard enough and you put travel or, you know, seeing new things or whatever it is on your list of goals, and if you work hard enough, you can make it happen. Oh, yeah. Agreed. I think some people don't make enough of an effort to like set aside like dates and money and plans and things to like actually coordinate it. And I just think it's such an important thing. It's to me, I would rather spend my money on going places and learning about them than I would on like clothes or like, you know, things. Like, I, I really feel like, I don't know, travel's just like top of the list. Yeah, like both Katie and I are very like experience over materials. So, you know, we would much rather save our money and go on a wine tour or go on this trip or do this um, or even just go out to eat or, you know, whatever, rather than buy something. And, and that's like a lot of friends are like, how do you have uh, enough money to do that or whatnot? Um, I love working, so that's casual, and I work all the time, but the main thing is that I don't buy stupid stuff that I don't need, which I'm, I'm not judging anyone for shopping, but, like, I don't buy new clothes, I don't buy new purses, I don't buy new shoes, like, I don't, I don't even really buy makeup, like, I don't buy really anything, so I, I, I save a lot, because I don't just shop to just buy stuff that's gonna like accumulate and I feel like part of that is from moving and Katie I don't know if you feel the same way but I like from moving you know when I moved to Arizona I lived in one dorm then I moved to another place my second year and then I went to study abroad and then I had to go back to Arizona and then I came back to Minnesota and then I went back to Arizona and then I went uh to New York and then I went back to Minnesota and then I came here and I I never wanted to have a ton of stuff like weighing me down because it just turns into an absolute nightmare at the airport. And one time a girl stole my suitcase and it was very dramatic. So I feel like I just don't have that urge to shop and buy a bunch of stuff that like, you know, like I don't want to spend my whole paycheck on random clothes that I, I have enough clothes. Like I, you know, and which it's nothing against what people want to spend their money on, but then it's like, if you want something then you have to actually, like Katie said, you have to plan for it and you have to work for it. So you can't just get your paycheck and spend it all on new clothes and then be like, complain that you don't have any money to save up for a trip because you do, you're just spending it in different ways, you know? So I think if, if you really want to make something work, you can, um, but you just have to work really hard. And I mean, both Katie and I have worked like eight jobs at a time. So, um, if you're willing to do that, then I think you can get closer to your goals uh, more quickly. And I kind of like what you said, Farrell, about like, even if it's by yourself, because I think that's what held me back before was I would be like, well, 
no one else can go with me or I don't want to go by myself or I don't want to like, you know, what would I do there? And it's like, I don't need someone else to go enjoy myself. I don't need, you know, so now I, and I have been making an effort to travel and go visit people that live in other places. So I do end up having like a friend or companion to go hang out and do stuff with. But like, even when I go to visit Rachel in Australia, she still has to work. You know, I'm not asking her to like set aside all those days just to hang out with me. So then, you know, I go and visit museums or I go to restaurants all by myself and I kind of figure it out. And it is intimidating at first, but once you get comfortable with it, I've almost found where it's like, I appreciate that alone time and just being, figuring out airports by myself. Like that's something that I like take pride in is it's like every airport I swear is like, complex in ways they don't need to be so even just trying to figure out like how the terminals work and how I'm going to take the little metro thing or like when I I had a layover in Switzerland and it was like okay I had to like figure everything out and I'm like waiting for the English directions and I'm trying to like figure you know plan how to navigate the airport or like when I was in Spain I had to ask people for directions and my Spanish was like pretty basic at the time so I'm just trying to you know figure it out in it like, I think it's so good to try and, like, problem solve and figure it out on your own rather than relying on someone else or, I don't know. When you're all alone, you have no one but yourself to figure it out, and so you've got to just do that. Yeah, no, and I, uh, the two things I was going to say to chime into what you both said, the first one is, is a word, complacency, and you don't want to be complacent with certain things, and you want to try new things, and when it comes to, you know, especially on your own, one thing I've learned over the years is that you have to be able to love yourself before you can love anybody else. But this also applies to traveling and exploring and having adventures because you don't have to be with someone, whether it's a significant other, a boyfriend, a girlfriend, or even a friend, because it's going to hold you back. And you want to also broaden your own horizon. Like I know for me, for example, I've, I'm from New Jersey and that's where I've been and all my life. And then all of a sudden my job takes me down to Virginia. And I'm like, you know what? I'm going to go for it. I never lived away before. I'm going to go for it. So the last few years I've been living there. And then I uh, just came back after being there for a few years because my goal was I wanted to come home, live at home for a little bit longer just to save some more money to get my finances in order. And I'm still working and just get some other things in order. And then once I have the ability to leave again, I most likely will. But, you know, it was almost for me like I want to take a pause. And so, but then after that, by the time COVID goes away, hopefully, and we can travel again, that's when I'm hoping to pick it back up. So I've, I gotta be honest, like I've never really traveled that much and I want to do that more. So that's one thing, like nothing's gonna hold me back. I'm not gonna wait for someone to do it. But um, that, that's one thing that's important to me. I wanna, because the way I look at it, you look out there, whether you're looking at our country or the world, there's just such a beautiful environment out there and explore it. Don't just like scratch the surface. And I think, this whole experience has taught us two things. It's taught us that, and it's also the the world has been given a break. We've all been given a break to hey, take a minute to take catch your breath and figure things out. And that when this is all done, we um, we can then go out there and explore, and we're not as afraid. And this has taught us a lot of things. So it's like, hey, here, take a breath, but then also, you know, go out there and have some fun and look at what you have to offer. I admire that what you said about you know you're kind of taking a pause and you're moving home and you're trying to save money and I think that also one of the issues in today's world is everyone is like 
can be really judgmental and really like, you know, about like living at home or like moving home or like whatever. And I think like, as long as you're working hard and you have a plan, like there's nothing wrong with that. As like, as long as you're not just not doing anything, like, I think that's almost more admirable than, you know, if you're, if you're living above, I feel like a lot of people, especially in our age, try and live above their means. So like, as soon as they get a paycheck, they, they rent the most expensive apartment possible. They, they rent the, they lease the most expensive car possible. And then they, they wonder why they don't have any money left over to actually like live with that, you know, to actually do things with that money. And I feel like, you know, it's almost like a competition, like, well, who can, you know, move out from their parents the fastest and who can live in the fanciest apartment and have the nicest car. And I feel like that's one thing that like Katie and I were never really like into, like we were both very frugal so that we can spend money on the things that we really need to do and want to do. And I think that's really important and really good that if you've come up with a plan and something that you want to do, like, I think that's very smart and you're only at the end of the day it life is expensive for everybody like no matter where you live no matter what you do like life is expensive and i think if people sometimes make those choices to save money somewhere uh it just ends up being better in the long run and I, i just think that sometimes people can be really kind of like judgmental but i think really it actually comes from a place of like they wish that they could do that too and they kind of didn't and i've just had so many so many people that I know who like went over the top with their dorms or, you know, their off campus college apartments or, or whatever. And then didn't, um, you know, and then it's kind of set them back and which is fine. Everybody should have their own experience. And if that's what you want to do, go for it. But I just think that sometimes it can be hard to look at like what the actual long-term consequences are of what you decide to do with your life and your money. So, you know, looking at, okay, yeah, you're looking at it by, you know, the rent per month. But if you look at it in the total year, how much is that going to set you back? Like how much could you save if you went a little more casual, stuff like that. I just feel like if you kind of think about it, um, you can, it helps you, like, it's important to try and figure out how to actually save your money and be smarter so that you can do the things that you love and want to do. Yeah. And it's, it's a, an investment. Would say so. The two things I invest in are people. Because someone once told me, a close friend of mine, that I have a big investment and attachment and care to people more than material items. And I truly believe that I've always had a heart to help people. And so my whole thing was throughout the years, I've always tried to save my money and really be financially, fiscally responsible. And so when school came around, I went to a university that was close by. And so I didn't have to live away at school. I saved my money. So I knock on wood got to leave without any college debt and then this job offer came out post you know post college and I'm like you know what I'm gonna go for it and so I will admit when I went down there it was very expensive and I didn't want a studio and I didn't want a roommate and so I paid a little bit more but it was a calculated risk and so I took it and didn't say I didn't lose money I didn't save that much but I grew I I gained an investment on my career and professionally advancing myself so that now that the opportunity has come to come back home, I'm still saying with my company, I'm just in a different job. I told myself where I'm leaving, I can always come back. And the investment is I'll get to live at home and save more money. I'll be able to be in a better position to go back to school if I want to get, uh, you know, like a master's degree. 
and I'll be able to see my, I have like maybe like four or five best friends I've known my entire life. I'll get to spend more time with them. And most of all with that, I'll be able to spend more time with my parents because at the end of the day, my parents would hate if I said this, that, Mm -hmm. you know, they're getting older and I want to be able to spend more than every other weekend with them. And I want to have that time and I want all this now. So that way in a year from now, or even two years, that's my plan because I'm only 26, which is still young. In a year or two, if things don't work out the way I want staying here permanently, then I'm not as, number one, I'm not as afraid to leave again because moving away has put me out my comfort zone. Whereas instead of thinking coming back here was my final stop, it's more, hey, this is just another detour. And it's also because, hey, if I have to leave again, it'll be on my own terms. I may not know where I'm going, but at least I'll be financially ready and I'll have satisfied my own personal requirements and goals of spending as much time with my family and friends as I wanted. And I'll have that knowledge and education so that I'm ready to go. Because my like one thing, I overthink things a lot and I really analyze everything and I, I like to plan everything. So I always have this and, you know, but if I'm the type of person that something just comes up, I'm open to just take things that I'm not expecting. Uh, you know, I have a plan, but I'm open in case things change. So that's why I want to, you know, I'm 26 by 28, maybe even 27. I want to know what I'm doing. So by the way, I approach 29. I'm where I want to be. And I know you can't plan things out to the T because things come up, but I'm hoping that everything I'm doing leads me to that. And so right now my investments in money, people and taking a pause and then going right back and, you know, going out there. And that's why it's so important to me because what I want to do, you know, you work hard enough for something and it happens. It happens because it was meant to be and it happens for a reason. Yeah, no, I I really like that. And with like COVID happening this year, um, being able to work from home, I went back to Minnesota to visit my family because it happened over my break anyways. And then that was like in March when things were like looking pretty serious. And so I stayed there and I ended up staying in Minnesota until June. And just having that time with my family, I was with my dad and my stepmom and um, they're just so fun. And it was like, I don't know, like some of the best memories I've made with them and just being able to have dinner with them every night and watch movies, go on walks, do the things that I don't get to do since I live here. And knowing that I would like to move next year, um, hopefully abroad, it felt really good for like my heart and soul, I think, to get that quality time with them. And, um, I don't know. That's something I really admire about other cultures is how family oriented they are and that it's such um, a high value. And I think that for whatever reason in America, we're under this pressure to grow up so quickly where you really are expected to be out of the house at 18 and have your own place, be working, be going to school, be doing all of these things where it's like, we don't know how to be an adult just because you turned 18 doesn't make a difference. Like you're still a dumb kid. And I think that that sets so many people back and it's such a difference of like, if you are growing up with parents who also like went to school and like, you know, made certain decisions and they can kind of give you advice or if you're like completely alone and you're the first person in your family to do something like that. And I just think like how special in other countries where they are living at home and it's normal until you're like 30 because in my brain, that's when we become like a true adult is like at 30 years old, I think that that's when you're actually like at a good mental age to make certain decisions. And you've been 
out of school for enough years, but you've also been working for enough years and you've been like meeting other adults and just developing and growing as a person where I just, I really hope America can make that shift. Um, Cause I just think it's, you know, that's why they're not so focused on work and money because they already have like all the things in life that make you feel happy. So yeah. I don't know. That's. Yeah. I mean, yeah. So um, I was going to say that's, that's a really good point because I was just thinking, you know, you see a lot of kids our age or adults our age, whatever you want to call us, and you see them so ready to run out of the house and so ready to do all of this, and whether they have a good relationship with their family or not, whether that's a parent or two parents, whatever the case may be. One thing I've always lived my life believing, and it gets emphasized every time I lose someone. So like when I came home finally over the last few weeks, I lost a good friend of mine in high school. His name was Rob. And then I lost, he passed away. And then I lost my cat. Just as I brought her home, she had passed, but she got to see with my parents one more time. And one, it gets emphasized so much is that money is tangible. And so is material items, as you, as you guys have said. But the one thing that's so important, whether everybody agrees or not, is your friends and your family. Because once they're gone, like, you know, at our age, our parents, our families, I mentioned this, they're getting older. I'm not saying they're going to, God forbid, pass away tomorrow. I don't. But they're, they're getting to that point where you don't want to live with regrets knowing there's stuff you could have done. So maybe that means, so, you know, perfect example, when I was coming back here, everybody looked at me and said, but you're leaving this job to do this job. Are you crazy? Why do you want to come back? Or why are you back? And my only response at first I was, you know, all in my head. And then I realized, they know it's what I want because it, I have different experience than they do. And so I've gone through different things. And so this makes sense to me for the reasons that I told you guys, whereas all they know is where they are. So I'm coming from somewhere else and they don't realize, like they, they see where I came from, from being there. I saw where I came from from actually being there. And so mm -hmm. I know what I'm doing and I know nothing's ever permanent. And so that's my, that's my understanding because I want to be able to say, Hey, my parents, I spent time with them. I spent time with my friends because eventually next year, everybody might be going their own way. And if I would have stayed put there longer, then yeah, I would have been another year higher in my job. But then I come back next year, everybody's already dispersed. I'd rather come now, have that time. And then when everybody splits off next year, I can go back and, you know, I'll, I'll you know, it might take me a little bit, but I'm still only 26. And so I'm not in any rush. I have plans and I know what I'm doing, but I'm, I, I invest in people and I, you know, that's important. Like I talked to, I have a buddy in Brazil. He still lives with his folks and it's very important because if you're going to build a life with someone else, don't just disconnect your family now or your friends now. They're there for you. I preach this all the time in my quotes. They are there for you in your weakest moments and they're there shining with you in your strongest moments, just like you are for them. So the least that you can do is respect that relationship and that friendship because I got to tell you, like you were saying, Katie, being able to have dinner with my parents right now is better than having to get home and just talk to them on the phone. You know, just having them here, like you may not always agree with your family and you may not always see eye to eye, but at least you're there to not see eye to eye with them. Yeah, I think that's so important, the family and friends, the investing in people thing. Um, that's something that I feel a lot. And I... I personally sometimes struggle with um, 
I sometimes I feel like I'm different because I'm super homesick, even though I love Australia dearly and I love my fiance dearly, but uh, I am super homesick. And sometimes I feel like um, there's a lot of Americans in Australia who don't feel that way, who have basically like turned their back on America, which is totally fine. Like everyone can do however they want, but do whatever they want. But sometimes I feel a bit kind of like alienated because I'm like, I don't know. Like, it just feels really weird. Like, I just feel like I really struggle with it. And, and to each of their own, some people are better at being away from home than others. I personally, like, I feel that really hard, the whole, like, not missing out on a chance to be with them or missing out on time because uh, I feel like I already do miss out on a lot with them. And the thought of something happening in me not not having spent enough time there is really, it's one of my biggest kind of fears. And I think that's, you know, people are kind of like, why do you fly home all the time? Like, why do you do that? And I just feel like what you said, it's if people aren't in your shoes, they just don't get it. And you can't really expect them to understand. But, you know, even, even Katie and I talk about all the time, like when we come home, we don't want to go out all the time. We don't want to constantly be out to dinner, out to eat, sleeping at this friend's house, going to visit this person. Like, all I want to do is be at home. Like, I don't want to get out of bed. I Like, I just want to be at home with my parents, with my brother, with my dog. Like, I don't want to be overextending myself to um, see everybody. But it's really hard because then you have that pressure of, okay, well, I'm only here for this amount of time and this person wants to see me and they want me to come here and I don't want to miss out because I don't normally see them. And it's, so it can be really um, tricky to kind of navigate. And I think it, especially now, everybody has a different viewpoint on where they live and, you know, what they do and to each their own. I just, um, I think that a lot of people, I personally, the things that used to really, bother me about America don't bother me anymore because I, I feel like I understand them better after being um, a part and they still upset me but I think I just have a, a better perspective of okay there are issues in other parts I th and I think it's normal to get caught up in what your neck of the woods is like but I feel like sometimes America gets this rap of like it's a horrible country and every other country is fine compared to America. And there's act there's really problems everywhere. Like it's not just an American thing. Obviously we have some major problems that need to be fixed, but every country has its issues. And I think that um, there are things, you know, that living here, I've kind of realized, okay, yeah, I wish I could snap my fingers and make that change in America. But now I know that why that's not possible because there's just so many more people in America. It's just not as much as you would like something to change instantly. It's not feasible. And that's kind of something that I see a lot in the debate between Australia and America is it's with 25 million people, it's a lot easier to implement change in Australia because there's just less people. So there's less people to, you know, monitor and, you know, if they put a law in, it's, it's easier than it would be to do it with 320 million people. So it's just things like that that make it really kind of complicated, but that I feel like also have helped me kind of learn more about different places and also just, just help you, help you figure out kind of what, what you think. And I think that 
that's another thing is like when you first go to a new place, I think you can kind of have your blinders on where you're like, oh my God, this is a paradise. There's nothing wrong with it. And I definitely was like that when I first came to Australia. And obviously I love Australia dearly, but there's definitely things that I think need to be changed here. Uh, it, in addition to obviously a lot needs to be changed in America. Um, but I think being here for longer, I think that people just can kind of be naive wherever they go. And the more that you spend time in a different place or the more that you research a different place, the more that you can learn about what's going on there and what you kind of want to see change and what you, what causes you really care about and what, you know, what kind of um, fires you up and makes you feel passionate about changing that. And then you can kind of be more involved in terms of how you actually want that to change. So I, I just think that getting that experience at different places, even if it's just a different city, uh, like you, Farrell, like that's a good experience in terms of figuring out what you want to do, where you want to go, how you feel about a certain place, how you feel about being home with your family. Like for some people, they would prefer to be in Australia away from whatever is going on in America than spend time with their family. That's kind of the risk, the sacrifice that they're willing to make. Yeah. For me, it's, I don't feel that way, um, but everybody's different. And I think it's important to just respect how other people feel. And sometimes uh, especially for me being really homesick, sometimes I feel kind of judged, even though like I don't really think that people are actually judging me, but sometimes I do just kind of feel that like pressure thinking that people are like, oh my God, why does she want to go home all the time? Or, you know, like that sort of thing. And so over time, I guess I've just realized that it's important to just listen to yourself and don't pay attention to what people are saying on social media, especially in coronavirus. Katie doesn't really have social media. She's got it covered. <laughs> yeah, um, I, I kind of keep pause too. Um, I obviously have it, man. Like I cut it off completely if it wasn't for having you on my channels and my pages. Yeah. What you were saying too is that some people just have tunnel vision and they can't see beyond that straight tunnel. And the thing we have to remember is that the end of the day, no matter what we're going through, and this doesn't just go for being in America, this goes for around the world. Me, you, Katie, we're all human. We're all the same. No one's better than anybody else. No one's different than anybody else. I mean, obviously, yes, we look different. We act different. We have our own minds because we have different brains. We have different thoughts. But at the end of the day, we're all equal. We're all on the same playing field. And I think too many people forget that and they take that for granted. We are one united race of people. And, uh, you know, we're all one, you know, we're all one. And it's important to understand that. And just for example, too, going back to what you were saying about, you know, you almost feel like you're being judged. I know exactly what, I know exactly what you're talking about. Cause like when I was over there, every time, every weekend I got, I would always plan it out like two weekends a month. I'm going to see my friends and come home two weekends a month. I'm going to see my parents. And I just came home so much. Like that's why I really wanted to, you know, come back. And I think right now I struggle to find my niche and what I want to do with where I work. Like, I know I want to stay there, but what I want to do. And so my biggest goal is to be happy, live a happy life and, be, and you know, be successful and just find my niche. But right now I'm happy taking this year, hoping to figure it out beyond what I already have set for my goals, what else comes up. And that's why I talk to a lot of people. I get a lot of insight because it helps me understand, well, this is what their path was. How, how can I make my path for me? And, but like I said, you know, we're, we're all, we're all the same and we can't be afraid to ask for help. It goes with, you know, what you guys are doing, what I'm doing and it's important. I feel like that's why there's a lot of hate and negativity in the world 
in anywhere you go because people just want to attack each other and not realize, hey, I'm no different than this person. Like we forget that we're all connected. We all were we all were created the same in the sense that we're you know we're all human beings. That's the one thing people you hear people talking about. Oh, this person's this or this person's that. But do you ever hear anybody saying, hey, I'm just like him or I'm just like her? Or, I'm 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 a human being. I have a pulse. I have a body. I have skin. I have hair. Like. That's who we are at the end of the day. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think that people definitely can be really kind of, yeah, judgmental. And I think that it's just important to remember that you never know what someone else's experience is like. And that's something that I try and remember because sometimes I get really kind of fired up when I see people's comments being like, why would you want to go to America? And like, I get like, it hurts me. Like it feels like an attack on my feelings. And then I try and remember that they may not have the same kind of strong family and friends that I do, or they may have had some sort of trauma or something that happened in their past that really makes them not like where they came from. Like that there's so many reasons in the same way that I want that same respect of, I don't want people to judge me or think that I'm a baby because I want to go home or, you know, or like attack me for still loving America, even though I recognize that it has a lot of problems. And so I think it's just important to kind of keep that in mind and to always remember that you don't really know, like, like everybody, I think a lot of people are like, you know, oh, I think it's, it's tricky because a lot of people are like, oh my God, I would love to live away. Like I would love to move countries. And it's like, yes, it's amazing, but there's a lot of hard stuff that goes into it as well. Like not complaining about it, but there's just a lot of challenges, even for like growing up in Minnesota, my dream was to go to California. Like, it's like, it's almost like this like, whoa, like other mystical world if you're from the Midwest. And even for Katie, like living in California now, she misses out on things. There's stuff that she can't go to. There's, you know, quality time with her little brother that she doesn't get. There's all sorts of things that go into that, that unless you actually do it, you don't really know about the positives and the negatives of it. So I think it's just important no matter what it is to try and take a step back from being judgmental and to, and to also just respect the fact that some people feel differently about things. Some people have a different experience. Some people, you know, you know, some people like to focus all their time on this. Some people like to focus all their time on that. And just letting people live their lives without judgment, I feel like it is so important because it's really easy to get caught up in all of that stuff, both on like you're feeling judged. So then you judge back and it just turns into like a vicious cycle. So I think it's really important to just try and let that stuff go and to, you know, do your own thing and just respect the fact that everybody has a different experience and you never know. You don't know if someone has a disability. You don't know if someone's lost someone. You don't know if they've been through, you know, significant trauma. You don't know if they're super insecure. You just don't know. So it's always better to approach things with kindness and compassion and understanding even though it can be hard sometimes and sometimes everybody is human they have emotions sometimes you get frustrated or you get angry or you know whatever but i think the more that you put kind of a focus on okay let me actually think about that i do that a lot now in terms of um you know being in public if there's someone who's really slow or someone who's really um who seems like a bit off like i have a younger brother with severe autism so i look at things differently my automatic kind of responses like he may have, he or she may have a disability or something that's causing them to act a bit different than what I, how I would act. And I think that's really 
important to try and, and you can't really expect people who haven't gone through that to automatically think like that, but just trying to kind of understand, okay, there's probably a reason, you know, why they're dancing in public or why they're really slow in the grocery store line, you know, and so if you can just try and approach things with a little bit of patience, I think that goes a really long way. Yeah. And it's just really important in general for humankind. Or just, um, and I'll let you chime in, Katie, I feel like we have an avenue that you can use. Um, <laughs> is that, you know, you, uh, like, or if it's something as simple as, you know, you're in the car and someone cuts you off and you just take it calm or you're not in a rush to get somewhere. If you're in a rush to get somewhere, maybe you should leave earlier. There's no need to be very crazy on the road in any state or in any place of the world. And then, or something as simple, I remember I was in line one day and the guy said to me, Hey, I'm so sorry I'm taking so long. Are you all right? I'm like, oh, I'm fine. And the one thing I've always gotten in the practice of doing, I do it now more than ever, is I say hi to everyone. And it's just amazing. A lot of people are very receptive of that and they say hi back and it puts a smile on their face because sometimes you don't know what someone's going for and they could be that. But some people, when I say that, they either give me like a weird look or they just don't say hi back. And I'm just saying to myself, they're not used to that. If everybody just said hi to someone new every day, think about how peaceful everybody would be. Just, hey, how you doing? I completely agree. And I just, you know, our experiences are what shape us. And um, I think like the best way to live your life is to, um, like you said, like reach out and be kind to others. And I feel the exact same way about like, when someone is driving like radically, and it's like, instead of getting mad at what they just did to me, I'm like, okay, well, hopefully they get where they're trying to go. You know, like at least I took care and was defensive and we didn't have an accident, but like, I'm not going to be upset with you because I always, you know, it, like, I really do think it is like, you should have left earlier. You should have, you know, done what you needed to do so that you weren't like causing any trouble. But I also just think that like being a good person um, is really all it takes to get along with others and to try and be open-minded even if it goes against things that you believe and I think that um, as much as social media is helpful in bringing people together I think that um, a lot of people lose the balance the proper balance of like when you should say and not say things and I think that it's so easy to hide behind a screen and to not show your face but it's I see I used to, you know I I haven't had social media in almost four years. So this Instagram account for help a girl out is like the only thing I've had. Um, and it, I just, it made me really sad to see a lot of the hurtful and hateful things that people would post. And they just did it so casually as if it wasn't a big deal. And you know that they would not say those things. I mean, yeah, there are some crazies that would say that to their face, but to me, it just, it like really saddened me and I didn't want to be a part of that. And I don't want to see that or condone that. And I just think that hopefully we can kind of shift away from relying on social media for so many things because I just, even, even FaceTiming or like on a Zoom, I feel like I have a more meaningful conversation than if I'm just like commenting on someone's things or yeah, like now if I go on a trip, I have so much to talk to that person with the next time I see them face to face rather than them commenting like, looks cool on a picture, you know? Yeah, it's sure, it's think, meaningful. I think the biggest thing is so dating is a big deal now especially not being able to go out a lot and so i'm a very old-fashioned guy when it comes to going out and i don't like to text a lot unless you know you need to set up a date or something if i am going to talk to a girl and i'm going to you know build a relationship with them i'm going to talk on the phone 
like the last person that I really talked to, um, we FaceTimed every week. And so if we, if I can't talk to you on the phone, I'm going to FaceTime you because it's the next best thing to dating, like in person. And so right now, a lot of the uh, dating apps that are out there, they let you do video chat dating. And I think that's really good because not even whether you're, it's someone you're trying to go out with or even a friend or a relative, you can't tell your meaning on text. I mean, unless of course you're going to hold down the button and do a voice message, which at that point, if you're going to spend the time doing that, pick up the phone and call them or FaceTime them. And I know a lot of people that are a little younger than us, they're in that habit and they don't know what, that they could pick up a phone and call someone. And I just feel that's very important. And it's, it's a shell shocker for a lot of people. Like there's a lot of, you know, girls that I've been uh, talking to and trying to, you know, go out with that when I say, hey, can I call you? Or I call them, it, it kind of takes them by surprise. But it's just, I'm a very personable person and I want to talk to you. I don't want to text you because if I'm texting you, then we're just, we're talking to phones. We're not actually talking to each other. And if you're going to build something special with someone, you need to actually have that, you know, conversation with them and be able to talk to them. Like, you don't want to text them. And even more so than just that, I also like wholeheartedly believe in living in the moment and it really, I don't know if irritates is like too strong, but I don't want to be hanging out with someone that's like texting the whole time on their phone. Like, I just feel like if you're with me, like enjoy my presence and enjoy this time with me. Um, and I don't want to also like be rude around other people and constantly on my phone or talk. And it's like, honestly, you're not having that real of a conversation. If it's just like checking in, like, hi, how are you? How's your day type of thing? Like, cool. But when it's like an all day thing, you know, I just, I would rather it be like, I don't know, phones down, I guess. Yeah, yeah I think that's really important for a relationship because that's that exact thing about the phone call happened um, when my fiance and I were first talking because he called me and I was like, <gasps> like no guy had ever called me before. And I was like, oh my God, like what? Oh my God. I was like, sorry, you like butt dialed me. And he was like, no, I'm just driving and wanted to talk to you. And I was like, like I was so I was so used to the idea that guys did not want to talk on the phone that they only wanted to text like that I was so taken aback I was like you want to talk to me like I was so um like so almost like oh my god like I, I was like a deer in headlights like and then obviously we talked on the phone all the time but even um like we're watching the bachelor AU Australia here um which is the first bachelor ever to be impacted by coronavirus and have to go virtual. So <clears throat> they were in the middle of filming when coronavirus happened and they had to uh, evacuate the mansion and send everybody home because the Australian states all closed their borders. And like they're, they're gonna do virtual dating for like a month or two until they can reunite. And all the girls were like, oh my God, I can't do virtual dating. Like they were like freaking out and they were like, I, I can't talk to him on the computer. And I'm like, your, your a relationship is based on communication in case you forgot. So you can't, like if you can't talk to him over a computer screen and FaceTime him, how do you expect to make it work in the real world when you're not always going to be together? Like it just blew my mind that they were so, I get it was obviously very confronting for them because they had a different idea of what their experience would be like. But like, it's so important to actually be able to talk face to face to people and, you know, to be able to do things, you know, and, and I think that's so important, even like with your friendships, because you're, let's face it, you're not always going to be together. You're, and it sucks, but if you can figure out a way 
to make it work and to, you know, keep it going and to stay in touch and to take care of one another, like starting a podcast together, then it all works out in the end. But that's really important, I'd say. Yeah, exactly. And the other thing too is, is me and my friends, we have an unwritten rule and if we don't have a chance, we're going to do each other and call. We, we talk to each other all the time. But, and I got to say, just to talk about that, it's, you know, not everybody's as receptive as, you know, when you want to pick up and call someone or you want to do virtual. I mean, I know for me, said I'm 26, it's been very difficult to really find someone or meet someone. And I know for me, I'm a very in-person kind of guy. And so I still believe that I'm going to eventually meet someone do something random. Like I'm going to bump into someone or I'm going to spill coffee on someone or something like that. But I realize a lot of people around our ages, even before COVID, they're mostly on the dating applications or the dating websites. And so I put myself on them against my, you know, better judgment because I'm just, you know, I want to be able to, meet someone and I find it difficult to meet someone who's as receptive on that or just a lot of other other ways and that's why I'm a very like you know if, if I talk to someone hey I'm going to call you it's just it's, a, it's very tricky to meet someone who has those beliefs or is that you know that understanding so I mean they're out there but it, it's, it's it gets it can get kind of trying for me they might be hiding a little bit that's see I think that's really important if that's a value of yours Katie has talked about that in one of our previous episodes about I think it was like her top three or top five things that she has to have in a partner right Katie yeah. And, I mean, one of them was they have to like bananas, so it's casual. That wasn't top five, but it's on the list. Well, I mean, Katie, I do have a stack of bananas in my kitchen, so that, that might put me on the list. Then. <laughs> and, um, but like that is really important, like you acknowledging the fact that you want to do things in person, you don't want to be, you know, you want to foster that connection that way. And I was like that too. I wanted to meet in person. I didn't really want to meet over the internet. And I think if that's like, I think that it's worth it to stick at it. That's not something that you want to do. Like no judgment to those who do that. There's absolutely nothing wrong with that. But I think if you want to meet in person, like you can eventually, you know, it can eventually happen. And I think it's important to have kind of like when Katie was telling me about these kind of must haves, I was like, wow, that's so good. I wish that I would have kind of had that kind of laid out. Like these are things that are actually really, really, really important to me that I won't like compromise on. Um, and I think that's really important too. If that's, if that's something that's important to you to spend time with them in person or, you know, to be willing to do kind of things, you know, go on actual dates rather than just Netflix and chill. Like, I think that's really good to acknowledge that and then to look for that. Yeah. I just, I think it's good to have like even somewhat of a guideline before you get serious with anyone. I think a lot of relationships are doomed from the beginning because um, someone is overlooking something that they already know that they don't like, but at the time they don't care. But then it comes out in like a year, like, oh, I really hate the way you do that. You know, it's like, well, you already knew that about them. Like, I just think uh, if more people took initiative, even if they taught us this in school, um, whether that be like high school or college, but taught us like one, how to be a good human, because I don't think we do enough like social emotional um, lessons and to like how to be a good partner. Um, you know, I just feel like there's a lot of things that you hear about from like relationships with friends or on like TV or something. And it's like, you can't speak to someone that way or you can't um, treat them that way. You can't do that, you know? And it's like, why do so many people accept less than what they deserve and not enough people are seeking um, the right companion, I think, as well. Yeah, 
particular, my technology thing, it's nice to, it's nice to meet. I don't meet that many people in that category that understand that and know what they want and know the decisions guidelines. And I like to believe, you know, guys and gals like us, the three of us, there's a special pool of people out there for us. I mean, obviously Rachel's already found it. And so, you know, it's going to, it might take us longer to find that person, but that's only because we know what we want and we have these understanding and maybe the people we've been running into, the reason they haven't been working out is because they're, they're like a, a Y piece trying to fit in our X life, you know? One thing that I will add to that about kind of the special pool of people too, and which is something that I admire about Katie is that um, I think it's important to, like you said earlier, Farrell, about loving, you have to love yourself first and you have to be comfortable with yourself. And I think that there's a lot of people who put a lot of pressure on themselves to like, you know, they're like, oh my God, I'm 24. I have to, I have to be in a relationship. And they like, they put all this pressure on themselves to be with someone, even though they're not actually ready for a relationship or they're, they're putting so much pressure on it that like Katie said, it's doomed from the start, which I think it's important to have that time to yourself to figure out what you want and to actually become a better partner and to, you know, prepare yourself more for a healthy relationship. So like Katie doesn't, you know, she's not date going on a different date every night of the week, you know, which is no worries if that's what you want to do. But like Katie's actually taken the time to be like, okay, you know, I've been in relationships before. This is what didn't work. This is what I want now. And she's not going to just, you know, she's really waiting for an Australian on a wine tour, let's be real. But, you know, she, but she's not going to just settle to, or just get in a relationship just to be in a relationship. You know, she's, and I think that's a real sign of maturity because I think it, it's comfortable to just get in a relationship to be in a relationship. And I think everybody kind of goes through that at, at some stage, you know, or where you feel a bit of pressure to kind of fall into a relationship. And it's not actually, you kind of know in your heart that it's not actually right or that it's not actually going to work. Um, but I feel like it's really good to not put that pressure on yourself because I wasn't looking for Nick when he stumbled into my life. Um, and I wasn't, I was very nervous about it for a long time. And I think that if I were to have been like, oh my God, oh my God, I want a boyfriend. I need to get the first boyfriend that I see. It wouldn't have worked out because there would have been so much pressure on that, that it just, it's not, it's not like sustainable in the end. And then you don't necessarily end up with the person that you're supposed to be with because you're just kind of going for, you know, the first one. And so I think that's really important to spend, take that time to actually kind of figure out what you want. Like Katie is super ambitious in everything that she does. Like she studies languages on the side for fun. Like, hi, I take naps on the side for fun. <laughs> and like Katie needs someone who's really ambitious as well. And like, she's kind of acknowledged that, that that's something that she really wants. So I feel like that's so good because maybe a few years ago, she would have just been like, okay, you know, but now she really knows and she's, she's not going to just settle and she does not deserve to settle as my best friend. She doesn't you deserve to settle. Katie, and I just met you guys in person and, I, and I'm glad that you guys brought that up because I'm the same way. Like I really want someone who's ambitious and they really have, how do you, I don't want to say life together because I don't think that's the right word. I like to think of it more as it's not that you have your life together you know what you want and you're happy with yourself and you know where you're going. And for a while I used to question why I was still single. Cause for me, I haven't really dated that many people or been in that many relationships. And first I used to look at that as a negative, but now I look at it as it's okay because 
I matured from a young age to know that I didn't need to have that same experience as other people to know what I wanted. Like from a very young age, I knew that I wanted to get into a relationship, but I didn't want to rush into it. I knew that if I met someone, I just want to have someone in my life so that I can build something special with and, you know, go on dates with. If you have someone there to just come home and talk to my day about and have someone to talk to, have someone that we can cook together, you know, do the fun things. And it used to always irritate me when I would go out on dates and things wouldn't really work out. And I, and for a while, I used to look back at myself and say, well, is there something wrong with me? And then I realized, no, there's nothing wrong with you. It's just you haven't met that right person yet. And sometimes, because you know they say, the hardest person is always going to be you. You're always harder on yourself. And I'm always hard on myself. And I try to give myself more credit than that because I'm always like, hey, Farrell, you know what you want. Why can't you find it? And I've just been taking a step back. Like, I still put myself out there, but very selectively. Like, I'm not one, you know, to date a lot of people at the same time, too, because you want to take that time with someone that you're interested in and see what happens. And so, like, at this, you know, I may only be 26, but I know if I met the right person tomorrow, I'd probably just only focus on them. And I'd, I wouldn't say I'd get married the next day, but I'd probably be ready to build something with them a little sooner than maybe some other people, or maybe if I was a little younger. I just, I think that's also what makes it a little uh, trickier for me is that I know what I want right now, and it's hard to really find it right away. You have to wait and let it happen naturally. And it gets tough because like, like I said, like, you know, you just want someone to have some time to spend with and just build something special with. And maybe it doesn't always happen right away and it happens on its own accord, but it's tough. And that's probably why I think, you know, for us, it may take a little bit longer because you don't want to just settle for the first person that walks into your life. You want to meet someone, you know, in, in an interesting way or someone who you weren't even expecting to, Hey, I wasn't even looking at this person like that, but it just kind of happened, you know, you never really know. And I, I'm one of those people, unfortunately, that's like, hey, I'm 26. And do I want to, I guess I only say it because, you know, you have your parents, you have your family, you have your friends, but at the same time, you want that person in your life. So it can get trying at times. Yeah, I think that like for myself, I was in two back to back, like long term relationships. And then, um, the past two years, I've been just on my own and really focused on self-growth. And it's made me realize, like, I have so many goals and dreams for myself that I want to focus 100% on. And when you're in a relationship, you have to really focus on that person's um, happiness and growth and, you know, what they want out of something. And sometimes you're not getting what you need. And like just who I've become in the past two years, like I'm really like proud of and I've picked up so many different interests and hobbies and I've gone places and like traveling was not something I was able to do growing up or even in college because I couldn't afford it. So um, I had only been to like Colorado. That was like as far west from Minnesota as I had gone prior to moving to California. And now aside from New Mexico, I've been to all of the um, Western states, you know, and I've done all these road trips and I've just really made an effort because those are things I want to experience. And also like, I think it's so healthy to be selfish sometimes. And I don't want to sacrifice like going to someone else's Christmas. I don't want to have to, um, set aside that time that I want to put towards, uh, whether it be my job or seeing my family and my friends. It's like, that's, what's really important to me. Um, 
and I also just think like there's still a lot of growth I would like to do before I'm even with someone else and I kind of feel like I owe it to them to get myself to that stage before we are together and like you know I, I would like to get my master's and potentially like a PhD and I think that those are things that can be difficult while you're in a relationship so it's like if I could do that ahead of time, if I can go to some of the places I want to go to, if I can get that time with my friends and my family, so then maybe it won't feel like a sacrifice. Yeah, I think it might also, it, it really just, I think it also depends. It's great to have the ambition and the goals. And, you know, that's, for all we know, we get off this call today, that's exactly what happens for you. Or, you know, who knows, we get off this call and two weeks from now, you meet someone along your journey there that it just kind of hits you and you're like, you know, I can make it work. Because, you know, that it, it, that's one thing I love about life. We have a perspective right now, but then when that kind of thing happens, we're kind of in the moment and we, we think for a minute because, you know, it's like, it's like we said, it's, for us, there's a selective pool. So when someone does come around, we're like, well, wait a minute, you know? So it's very interesting, but I, I really admire that. I, I feel the same way. Like, like, you know, I came back home, I want to save some more money. I actually want to go for my master's as well. And I've, you know, I started taking this more serious with my quotes. I've been, I write these quotes, I've been writing them since 2013. And I had a book and I've always had a dream of publishing it. And then it was really just this year that I started getting more serious about it. I created my Instagram page, my Facebook page, my YouTube channel, and I've been doing videos and then I've been getting guests on there. So I'm really just spreading my positivity and doing everything I can to really better myself and better others. So I can hear you on that. Sometimes I know for me is I get, I get pulled back into that vacuum of, Hey, let me keep looking while I'm doing this because you know, that person might be out there. Cause I guess for me, I have that longing for it. And I guess sometimes that consumes me, but not to the point where it, it stops me from focusing on myself and achieving what I want. It's like that one puzzle piece in my life that I don't have fit in yet. And while I'm comfortable waiting for that piece, it can, it, you know, our, our, when, we, when we're alone and we can think about our thoughts, it really weighs on you, whatever it is you're thinking about. And I know that's something that's weighed on me a lot. And I try to kind of keep the balance, but you know, it can get hard. Yeah, I think that's good. I think that's important to kind of just stay your course and it's okay. Like that's normal. That's natural to, I think everybody feels lonely sometimes. Everybody kind of feels like, oh, you know, especially if you have friends who are in a relationship or whatnot. Like when I was in college, I was a friend who wasn't in a relationship and then it kind of like switched over and now I'm kind of like the first one that's getting married, um, which is just mind boggling. But I never put any I was telling all my friends that I was going to be single until I was like 35 and like maybe maybe get married but I hate men <laughs> like I was like yeah, so, no offense Farrell but I was like very I had just not had good experiences you yeah, know just what can we say? yeah and and I and it, it actually took me a really long time to recognize that Nick what like I he kind of seemed too good to be true like, I was like, oh my God, he's not real. Like, he's very, this is weird. Um, but I think, you know, just being in that mindset and being in a, in a healthy way where you let yourself do things at your own pace and don't give into the, you know, everybody has a boyfriend or everybody has a girlfriend, so I got to get one too, you know, because that, it doesn't actually help you in the long run because you're, you're, you're just living up to these expectations and, and nothing and also like nothing is as it seems so even if someone looks really happy like 
you don't know what's actually going on in the relationship or you don't know everybody has struggles in a relationship there's no perfect relationship you know and i think that sometimes people get caught up in like oh it would be so nice but it's like it's a lot of work like a relationship is a lot of work and obviously it's way worth it um but it it is it's a big thing and it's like you know like katie was saying it's it takes up a lot of time it takes up a lot of energy it changes you know your your life just in terms of you know if you're serious you're fitting two lives together and that's a lot and if you're not ready for that or you want to take your time until you find the right person that's totally okay like that's totally respectful if you don't want to and you want to go on dates every weekend that's all good too whatever you want to do just do your life and just try and be considerate of other people when you can yeah be you and be happy that's a model on the back of their shirt for feralism you know you gotta be because the thing is not living up to others and you are your own person and one one thing that's a very good quote that i heard very recently is that whether it's if someone's in a relationship or they have something you want don't don't be envious of someone else and what they have because you don't know if that's going to last and you don't know what's going to happen with that and that goes for anything and one thing i really like too you obviously you guys know who keanu reeves is the actor yeah. yeah. So there was this quote that came out this year, actually, right before co coronavirus, and it was him sitting in a chair, and I guess they had interviewed him, and he said that the biggest thing he's learned this year is not to force things to happen, whether it be relationships, friendships, whatever it is, whatever is meant to be will happen, and whatever crashes, crashes, because anything forced is just not worth it. Mm. Like That's that. good. I like that. I like that a lot. You just got to go go with it and and hope it works out but yeah for i think forcing things it may work temporarily but in the long run it's just not sustainable yeah no it does i'm glad we've gotten to talk today on this podcast because you've actually helped me figure some things out that i was going through so this has definitely been very accomplishing and i feel like i have a lot to think about after this and we, we got to keep going because uh zoom's like hey you guys are doing so well we're gonna we're gonna wave the time limit for you guys just keep going as long as you need so you know we've been going for almost an hour but you know coming in with not, not really too much of a planned agenda this has been very helpful and meaningful and hopefully this is the first of many things we can do together glad that i was able to come into contact with you guys you guys you guys are awesome and you guys got something special going definitely keep it up oh thank you no it's been it's been really fun and i feel like it, Katie and I just love hearing other people's perspectives and hearing, you know, about their lives, which is why we also wanted Help a Girl Out to kind of be a platform for others to share their stories or if they have something that can inspire people. Because I think one thing that I felt growing up is when things were stressing me out or when, you know, something was making me anxious, I always felt so alone. Like I didn't hear anybody else talking about that. And even though not everybody is going to relate to what we talk about, we hope that it's just kind of a fresh unfiltered honest approach to what's happened <laughs> um, whether it's you know something as casual as what to do and what not to do on a wine tour how to properly prepare or go in guns blazing you know whatever happens happens or if it's something like a relationship or you know moving across the country or the world like we just want to kind of share those stories and help people along the way if we can and maybe make people laugh a little bit who knows? So we've um, really enjoyed it. So thank you for having us. Yeah, thank you so much, Farrell. No and problem. Yeah, we'll have to bring you on, help a girl out. Uh, and we're, 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 we're going to do a little a special segment called Help a Guy Out. So I think you're a good candidate, Farrell. 
Well, I'm very honored to be a candidate for that. I feel like I'm on the dark side, you know, it's just it's such an honor. And um, before we end this, we're talking about where we can follow each other and where people can find us. And then after that, when I uh, end this, stay, stick around for a little bit after the recording ends, because I want to talk to you guys about some other stuff. But um, so as far as for me, for everybody that's watching, you can look at Facebook and Instagram for at Feralism. On Instagram, it's at Feralism15. And then on YouTube, it's at Feralism. But for you guys, Katie and Rachel, where can everybody find you? We are all over Instagram, Help a Girl Out podcast. We are on Facebook as well. Uh, and then our podcast is available on all the streaming platforms. So Anchor, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Breaker, Overcast, Radio Publica. There, it's all over the place. So don't hesitate to get in touch if you need any help. We'll try and do our best. We are not experts, but we will try and help. So that's where you can find us. Awesome. Uh, before we go, Katie, do you have any last words to say? Um, nope. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and Rachel, any last words? Just thanks for having us. Hope everyone has a good day. Thanks for listening, and we hope to hear from you all soon. Awesome, and everybody who's been watching us, thank you as well. Be happy, stay well, and be you.